0: Sunday, October 20th, 2019, 7.25 p.m. What's going on, Mike?
1: Hey, what's up, Joe? How you doing?
0: I'm doing well, man. I'm doing well.
1: How's the weather in Connecticut?
0: We are peak season here, I believe, in the fall foliage, or close to peak, if not peak yet. So visually, Connecticut is looking quite beautiful temperatures starting to cool down a little bit you know it's november time period so i feel like those voting flyers are out around here in the city streets yeah,
1: same here There's you got those posters everywhere around the highways you're getting out the exit and you see like 50 of the same ones next to each other and i was like well hey wait a minute uh let's get back to global warming climate change aren't we doing a little bit too much pollution with all this garbage you guys are putting out there you know yeah. <laughs> Why we need fifty, you know, signs next to each other, uh, of the same person, right? It's ridiculous. What?
0: Do you have the same type of issue down there in Jersey? Is this the season as well?
1: Yeah, it's it's there's an election coming up, you know, counselors and all of that. I don't care for any of it, but you know me.
0: Yeah, I uh you know, I think it's ironic based on the promises people see like these newer politicians my whole thing about politics has always been like number one tell me a plan and uh number two let's talk about some important topics
1: but i think i think you're right i think just um politics as uh politics is like religion It, it has become its own form of religion you know it's its own domination you know if uh Whatever side of the spectrum doesn't matter. You're still part of this religious following of, you know, who do you believe in? You believe that they're going to do this for you. You believe they're going to do that for you. You back them 100% with full faith, not knowing. It's religion to me. Um, I'm not saying that politics is bad because I love politics. I'm always reading up on, you know, what's going on. the government what's going on behind different politicians and everything so i can't say i hate it the topic because i'm always reading about it but unfortunately the concept of it in society is just you know it's it's dirty it's not you know and it's 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 a bad type of dirty because i you know it has to do with convincing people that you're going to do something because that that's what's going to make them vote for you and then you don't follow through and it's repetitive and then we keep believing come on man what's going on with that but
0: so i was i was just going to say man we i should have set up that intro for the viewers we're learning but no i think politics is important but i i do want to even just mention too for You know, viewers, we've been learning a lot with this platform here. We've had some pretty good turnouts or views. So, anyone that is listening, thank you for listening. Uh, I think we're averaging about 100 total views per post. You know, we see 53 to 80 downloads per podcast download. But uh, today, Mike, we talked about kind of just taking it a little slower and kind of pulling back. I know we had a busy week last week, you and myself, trying to get. The business going here a lot of time in the technical stuff but i think this breakup will be good today so you know we'll be touching base on a few different topics and be a little bit of a lighter mood but politics is tough you know i i don't know if i would want to be a politician to be honest with you it's a hard that's like a, it's you know it's a hard thing
1: yeah it's hard everyone you to bs you have to bs through everything you know you have to yeah. pretty much put on a face you know, um, think about when you see, uh, who's this guy, um, Ted Cruz, right? When Ted Cruz was running for president, and I always, like, think about him because he, he's, like, he's a hilarious character. Like, the way he looks and everything and the things he says and then he backtracks or he says things that just doesn't seem natural. And it's like, man, it's like he's his own character. He doesn't even seem like a person. He seems just like a character. That, you know, just makes me think, it's like, that's a hard life to live. Would I want to be a character? I would like to be a character, yes, in a movie, but to be a, a real life walking character, you know, that you're supposed to have people confide in you and trust that you will do this for them. And then, you know, you have to, you know, uh, figure certain things out. But at the same time, you can't do those things because of the status quo. I don't know. I don't think I could do that, man. I like my independence. I like my freedom. I like being able to say whatever the hell I want. I don't want to have a filter. In this day and age where you can't say anything, even more so, I am big on the First Amendment. So as a politician, you see that you really can't say certain things. And man, imagine living like that. Imagine, Imagine you have certain beliefs, but because you belong to a certain political party, you can't say it because it goes against, you know, your gang. Because that's what it seems like. It's like that's your gang. It's, you know, it's like you got the, the Crips and bloods. Republicans and Democrats. And if you want to be a third party candidate, good luck. You know, they'll find all ways to try to shut you down.
0: That's That's been probably the hardest thing with the independent party too, right? Is that there's never, there's not typically a third, third party vote that comes in that's strong. Unless the majority really think that both are bad right you have to convince the majority to to swing because one probably won't swing over the other because why would a republican party swing over a democrat if they think they're going to lose or a democrat or republican no one kind of considers the independent um but it's you know it's it's hard i think i think a lot of people that get involved in the beginning you know especially if they weren't born into it their family of family politicians they're Probably getting involved because they actually want to see change. I've seen that locally here in Connecticut politics. Um, and, oh,
1: yeah. Well, look at New Britain's mayor. She's awesome. And that's one person that I really could say that she is real. She sticks to her, you know, hardcore. I haven't seen a person like her. She's young, and I think that's what really makes it even more, you know, grassroots. It's a person that's young that, you know, sees injustice, sees things that could be done better, and is sick of the status quo. That's
0: how it should be. Shout out Eastu, Aaron Stewart. And the good thing, Mike, about the nonconformist is I think the conformist thing to do would be to judge what we may or may not be saying right now because of views. But we take it more of an objective view of the world as nonconformist. So we're going to talk about Republicans. We're going to talk about Democrats. We're going to talk about independents. We're going to talk about dictators. We're going to talk about socialism. We're going to talk about communism. We're going to talk about democracy because that's just that's exactly what people should be focusing on is all of them a history of them all looking at situations objectively and then making your own informed decision and I feel like that's just something we're not seeing enough in politics you know it's too one-sided over the other and that's just kind of what upsets me about and I've said this before about sitting in a room and seeing two people dispute especially over what you know what's going on over the last few years here specifically with politics I'm sure it's existed forever but it's the fight is more than just what they're observing. I tell them you guys need to look at the larger picture here, <laughs> you know. This it's... has
1: a lot of webs. It's all intertwined, there's a lot going on there. It's not as simple as what you hear on the radio or on TV and oh, no, it's not like it's not you know, start using your critical thinking skills. There's something more going on. Look into it. Yeah.
0: So, you know, Well, well see. you know,
1: going back to the whole third party thing, right? you know, you were saying a great point. Why isn't why isn't it that more third party candidates, you know are not front runners or even in the bidding the way they should be. Because, you know, the last election I voted for a third party candidate. I usually look into third party candidates or, you know, there could be somebody on the left or the right, Republican or Democrat, you know, certain Candidates, I really like I'll support them because I feel like they're more in line with what I believe but um What I noticed with the last election The candidate that I really liked her name is Jill Stein and I voted for her I could say I voted for the person that I voted for and I don't care what people say. Oh, that's a secret No, I say who I vote for because that's how I feel I voted for her because I did like a lot of her stances right when it came to you know us not being in all these wars, readjusting our budget, you know, looking into the banking system. It's a lot of things that I really liked. And I also liked Johnson. He was, you know, another great candidate. But I liked her a little more because she still had a couple extra things to her that really struck, you know, that I liked. The problem that she had was that for you to actually be in the debates, and Johnson had the same issue, You have to have at least 15% rating to actually be part of the debates and she she was never able to hit that 15% apparently now I don't know if that's true or not because later on if you saw apparently they fudged a lot of the numbers even Trump's numbers were a lot lower than they actually projected so if that's the case if Trump numbers were lower but in reality it came out to be way higher then that means a person like Joe Stein and Johnson actually had maybe higher numbers that he could have been part of the debate, but we don't know, because as you see, CNN, Fox, they are all manipulating the system. Right now, you have Tulsi Gabbard, another supporter that I, you know, I I, I support deeply, and she's a Democrat, and like I say, I don't stand with neither, but I support her and her stance. She's a veteran, she's been in Congress seven years. She's been in the National Guard over 10 years. Um, She has a great track record. And what did Hillary Clinton say the other day? That she's um, being supported by the Russians, you know, pretty much staining her image. Because she stands against the whole military-industrial complex that she stands for. And then she goes and says, uh, Joe Stein was the same thing. that's why Trump got elected. So what you see is that you see this mainstream, you know, the old guard standing strong anytime you have some new up and coming candidate that might have steam and is actually pointing their fingers at the military industrial complex and and all of that they will try to throw everything at you to tarnish you and if you see the narrative you have the majority of people that actually believe these narratives of outside forces manipulating our inside forces and it's Probably true, but we don't even have the facts behind that. So I think it's very dangerous, the situation we live in. We live in a cartel society. You know, we have two cartels, Republicans and Democrats, running the system, and they don't allow anybody else in there, and it makes it easy for them to control things the way they want and and have less control for us. It gives less control to us as you know, individuals. So something that we should start looking at, don't look at third party candidates as, Oh, that's just giving the vote to somebody else. Oh, that happened with the whole Roth Nader thing. Oh, Roth Nader was awesome. You know, he was an awesome candidate back in the nineties and they, you know, and always people want to say, well, you vote for the third party. That's pretty much voting for, I don't know. People come up with the stupidest thing, right? Oh, you voted for Jill Stein. You pretty much voted for Trump. Why? Because I voted for Joe Stein. I didn't vote for your candidate. Since I didn't vote for your candidate and I voted third party, that means I voted for your opponent. That doesn't make any sense. If I want to fill in freaking, um, I don't know, if I want to fill OJ and in the, in the voting paper, that's my problem. I should vote for whoever the hell I want. I shouldn't be scrutinized for it. But we're in a society that you can't vote for whoever you want. You know, stay in your lane, be a conformist.
0: I think the problem and in, in, the problem with the media, number one, is people can't really deny it. If you take an objective view of the situation and you they know that media channels are are there. You're either left leaning, right leaning. Um, people don't want to accept that they're centralized to like what three businesses really that. And then yeah, there's this, government oversight over to it. So there's more there's a lot of control on TV. Um, that's why people will always say, you know, look at outside news sources from outside the U S or somewhere else for information sometimes, but now we're entering this era where social media is absolutely influencing politics in society. Um, and you know, I have this, I, I very much believe that, you know, 2016 was only the beginning, the whole Russian hoax thing. I mean, let's, let's the Russians weren't the only ones trying this. know, uh, I mean, this happens quite a bit with many different nations, um, and, we're now just witnessing kind of the next evolution of the internet. You know, this is just another um, symptom of what has occurred through technology and now technology affecting society where people do have to really just take their own objective view at the situation and think critically like you're saying because I fear that that's what's going to really change people's perceptions is that they're going to listen to the first thing they hear and they're not going to go research somewhere else. And, you know, the the thought police is a term that's always put out there. I don't want to say maybe it gets that bad, but, I mean, come on, man. Um, Yeah, that's why you got
1: to stop treating it like a religion. This is not a religion, all right? it's It's a social science, okay? It's a social science that needs experimentation. And if you just stick to one party because that's what makes you comfortable and you totally ignore the other one because you are resentful towards them, then you're ignorant. I'm sorry to say, but you're ignorant and you're pretty much the problem in our country. You know why? Because you're being closed-minded. You're not actually understanding what's going on on the other side. It goes for both left and right. I was reading an article about how um, each political party, which is just two, has its own economy, right? That What, what that meant was that the democrats live within within one type of economy which is very different than the conservatives so the majority of democrats they they have professional jobs a lot are white collar a lot are in education tech media they are more centered within cities like new york los angeles san francisco
0: are you talking about jobs that actually support that party i'm sorry to interrupt no you. no
1: not jobs it's it's an, so just look at it as an economy. Okay, so I see. If, okay, yep. Yeah. So if you look at, if you start breaking down the demographics between both parties, right? You look at the uh, so if let's say Joe, you are a, uh, you're liberal and I'm a conservative, right? You have a higher probability of having a certain type of job, live in a certain type of place, have a certain type of living condition. And I have a distinct one right maybe if I'm a conservative I might be living in Iowa I might be working in manufacturing or in farming I might um, you know You know it's a, it, my pay is different I might be in a union Things like that just so I'm looking so when I'm looking at The United States and the world I'm looking at it from I'm here in Iowa Having, you know I wake up at four in the morning to go to my job, maybe it's a farm, get things going at five and you know that's what I do every day. I see the same types of people, which is usually uniformly one background. It's not multicultural and everything. So you know if you look at it through this person's eyes, they're seeing the world very differently. They're seeing you know the types of cars they drive, the food they eat, the supermarkets they see. They they go to the news. Everything is just a different world. It's a different economy. So right now the trade war is affecting those people a little bit more, because maybe that farmer is not being able to move their product as much, right? Or maybe they're in, you know, uh, manufacturing and also the same thing, right? If I'm a liberal, I might be living in New York City. I might work for Google and Chelsea by the Chelsea market down in Manhattan. I'm going to different places to eat. I'm having, you know, different income. I'm seeing, you know, everything is different. So there's those are two different economies they're living in. <laughs> so the majority of liberals live in the same world and, and, then the, and conservatives in the same world themselves. And they're not looking at each other and – both aspects right They're they're not putting each other in those shoes so they don't understand where each one is coming from the threats are not the same so you have conservatives arguing that you know Mexicans are taking their jobs and say quote unquote I'm not sure that's right but let's say that's the narrative you know probably they're saying that because you know maybe a lot of people within their families if they have a large family they're all in the agricultural business they're not you know they actually aren't business owners they're probably lower income let's say lower income white. you know hardly any education mm-hmm. maybe a high school degree they're probably the, they the main money maker for them is actually working in the fields and picking up you know strawberries and all but now they can't do that because they have mexicans coming in and taking that job away from them so they're looking at it from that aspect but while i'm a techie I'm working with you know a multicultural workforce of you know maybe Indian, Chinese, Japanese, you know, just different people. and they're not taking away my job. then I'm really cool with that aspect. And you know Mexicans they're not gonna they're not taking my job. I don't see any Mexicans here. So it's just two different worlds. There's two different worlds, there's two different economies, and they're not understanding each other. So we have this huge divide. And if you can't understand this, then you really can't understand what's happening in this country. This country has two to three. I say a third economy because there is a black market economy in the United States and it's huge. It's huge as well. So but
0: <laughs> it so, is, uh,
1: it's it's interesting. I I don't know. I just I just think it's it's interesting that with all of the talk about what's going on within politics and within us and all of this jibber jabber we don't really look into that and talk about it more right and try to understand hey you know maybe so and so can't find a job they don't know they can't learn how to code because you know they only went to high school and they live out in maybe montana and they might not have the same infrastructure as a person in san francisco vice versa too maybe the person in colorado not obviously endeavor but somewhere in the in, in the woods they're saying, hey, you know, why don't you eat this? Why don't you have to eat more clean and all of that? It's probably cheaper for him than a person, you know, out in the Bronx that's living on food stamps and doesn't have Whole Foods. There's just two different worlds, man.
0: We've talked about uh, Ray Dalio's book, the uh, uh, Big Debt Crisis, uh, free PDF. We're not getting anything on that. Um, but, but the problem that that I see with what you're saying, especially with the disconnect of both parties not communicating, and through these economies, which is fascinating. I didn't, I hadn't ever really considered that. Um, but when we go through a period of economic downturn, whether it be a recession or uh, a period of prolonged stagflation—so low to no economic growth, but slow and rising inflation in uh, the currency—you know it's very important. To have the political parties communicating efficiently together, and then also with usually the the central bank, which is the Federal Reserve in this case, um, that's needed to manage uh, that period of stagflation, so that long longer economic period of you know low to no growth, and you know like you said, there's this separation now through through separate economies, Democrats and Republicans. There's know separation and uh even ethical stances i think at this point too you know you going back to what I, I really believe in this but i can't say that because my party doesn't believe in that type of deal um and and that's that's a direct threat and you know what Sh- shame on these people too because you know you swear that oath of office i don't care what anyone says i mean clearly we're seeing you know a crony type of politics and capitalism for a little while now but it, I just feel like, you know, you gotta be that person that stands up if you really don't think it's right to specifically and say something. Um, but these are the inefficiencies with government. You know, this is, this is a product, a symptom of kind of what happens. And, uh, um, you know, and I think, I think it's going to be interesting going forward, but, you know, we'll cover a lot of that stuff here at least. Uh, you know, I think you, you and I just have a different filter too with, with government, um, probably because of our backgrounds as well uh you know it's a unique look in uh one party's trying to do what they think is right may not be the right thing but
1: look we were governor you know we work government employees we we got paid up to a certain amount you and i didn't become rich from you know being a government employee which is another issue you know i was just reading how mitch mcconnell used to be worth a certain amount now he's a multi multi multi-millionaire how do you become a multi multi multi-millionaire by being a public servant. It goes back to the same thing. You know, what questions are we asking our politicians? You know, are we asking the right questions? I don't think we are, because if you know, we have a, a handful, not even a handful, we have a bucket full of politicians becoming multimillionaires from being a career politician, then you no, know, we're not asking any questions. Because the first question would be is how you even made that money? Your salary, you know, from what we see. Your salary is supposed to be so and so. You know, if you're a public servant, we would, you know, we should be able to see where you invest your money. Because now I have a question: Are you doing insider trading? Because from what I what I know is that super PACs, the money comes from corporations and comes from very, uh, you know, successful people in society. How do I know that you're not getting some insider tip to collect this, you know, and these donations and all that? You know, there's, they're all intertwined. But how do we not know this? When we look at corporations, we usually want to see everything, where all the money goes. That's what happens when you look at a public corporation. Now we say that a public corporation is just like a person. Well, let me tell you something. If, if you're working for government, then you're a public employee. Everything that you, know, that you collect – I'm not saying all government employees. I'm saying the ones that are appointed to government and the ones that are appointed by our government we should be able to see their financial statements and everything where where's the money coming from what's going on I want to see I want transparency because I just can't understand how it is that you know you came from a certain background maybe you came from you know middle class family making eighty thousand dollars a year and then eight years later, 10 years later, now you're worth 30 million dollars from sitting in an office. What I you know I didn't see you you know starting an app or a tech company to make that amount of money so quick. So those are questions that I don't see people really asking. We point fingers at Wall Street all the time. I'm not saying that people in Wall Street are saints, but you know what the people in Wall Street are, you know they're individuals that are trying to do whatever they have to do to make the most amount of money. It's government that's supposed to stop anything that's either illicit or unethical, and. Then, you know, if they break that law, then they should be persecuted. But I'm not going to be the first one to just point fingers at them. I'm going to point fingers at the government. What are you guys doing? You know, why is it that you're collecting all this money and speaking fees? Why are you doing this? Why are you doing that? We, you know, I feel like since the media is, you know, it's controlled by five to three companies and all of that, I feel like they are able to manipulate it to a certain extent that it blinds us, it fogs our brains up. To not asking those questions you know Obama's a perfect example oh well he became a millionaire because he wrote a book and he you know he's collecting royalties but yeah it's not the only thing he's doing right you know he wasn't multi-millionaire he's a multimillionaire. I don't think you know I don't think a president should come into office and just become a millionaire I just understand that that's not the purpose of becoming president right how is it that you could become president and become rich I don't understand. What are you doing? Where, where are you
0: going to have money from? Well, a lot of the deregulation that happened in the financial markets, I think was the Reagan Thatcher era. You know, ironically, we've talked about the you know, why what is hard money? Gold, why gold's important? You know, the US dollar came off the gold standard when Nixon brought us off in 71, I believe. And then it's just been a floating money, it's been a printing, you know, fiat-based currency. And, you know, a lot of the deregulation through the eighties happened, Reagan Thatcher era started, it was, you know, shareholder value for profits. Uh and I wonder, you know, obviously there's an open door open door policy between Washington and Wall Street. Um, we've now seen that open door policy similar, probably more so from Washington uh to Silicon Valley. Um but but I, I agree. I agree, you're right. And what I have interest in, and what where my passions have laid over the last two plus years now is obviously with Bitcoin and and digital currencies and blockchain technology, um, blockchain, Bitcoin, all relevant uh, is the is a governance issue now. That's that's been a primary, you know, one of the actual uh, changes to society I see is a threat to governance, and we're going to see this, I think, at the currencies. Definitely with the currencies, because, you know, one way that a government controls its population uh, is through currency. Another way might be through military power, usually. Um, And then, you know, uh, the economy itself. So it's all functioning circles and systems that work for the country. But when your people stop transacting in your native currency, then that, at least now in this fiat world, is a threat globally because it's going to devalue. It might not be worth anything. Um, And I think that there's gonna be a governance issue that will happen from there. You know, countries and and governments will have a hard time controlling people because of decentralized uh, protocols, uh, decentralized currencies, not one country owns it, Uh, governance and voting. So, you know, there's a lot of blockchain projects that have come out for uh, decentralized voting systems. If there was a way to make that a little bit, uh, you know, less fraudulent, Um, And, and, you know, it's it's that's been interesting to me. So government is inefficient. Now, what happens when an efficient way to govern over people and for them to govern over themselves comes out? It's I think that's the headbutts we're going to see between, you know, countries and uh, their their people. But, but this is all relevant stuff. It's, it's important stuff that people hear. It's important stuff for them to think about. Uh, you know, and because if you're just if you're just getting up at you know seven, you're doing the nine to five, you're watching maybe NBC or a certain news station, you're not considering other events and not reading because you don't have time, you know. But if you listen, yeah. well, you know, think about you just this. listen.
1: The first, how do you even know about what's going on, right? Sometimes you're not even you're not looking at the news. Some sometimes you're just scrolling through your feed, and the news pops up, or somebody forwards the news or somebody mentions the news so sometimes you're not even looking at the news and and very convenient you're gonna find the mainstream news so the first the first news that you're gonna get usually is tarnished it's been you know it's been filtered it's been fabricated it's for your viewing right so that makes it harder for a society to reach the truth. When you're, you know, when you're working a nine to five, you need to get your weeks, you know, scheduled correctly. You might have a couple meetings on Monday morning or Monday afternoon. So you're just going to read what was, what popped up in your feed, what popped up on Google, you know, if it is MSNBC, CNN or Fox, whatever gibberish they're talking about, it's probably what you're going to believe. You probably don't have time to actually sit down and like, Hmm, is this true? What should, what are they thinking? You know, If you are a critical thinker and if you are a person that does not trust the mainstream media, you might do those things. You might question I don't know if this is true. I'll figure this out later. Save, you know, I go and I save the article and I'll go back when I have time and I'll start looking up other sources of media throughout the world. That's what I do. And I, you know, I behoove others to do the same. But if, you know, if you're, you don't have time. You're gonna read whatever's there first, and then let's say you come, you go into a meeting. People are conversating. People might be talking about that same article that you read, and now everyone's talking about the same things. You and now everyone is dialoguing, probably debating, and they're probably not even debating the facts because they don't even know what's really happening. And that's how you that's a, a, you create a certain discourse. Now you create now there's divides, and that's what happens. Now you everyone gets lost in the sauce. It's it's a distraction, in my opinion. You really think about it, whatever's on the news here in America, I don't care what's going on around the world. Uh, per se when it comes to our our politics here, I do care for what everything else is going on, but when it comes to our own politics, it should stay within, you know, our borders. What's going on here first. Then we can figure out what's going on internationally with politics, right? We need to, you know, understand that what they're feeding us in there is to cover something else up. And it sounds crazy, but, you know, just think about it. Over the weekend, you know, what you heard was always, you know, the same thing about the debate. All I heard about was the debate. While, wow, you know, you had all these other things going on in the United States at the same time. You know, how many people died over the weekend in Chicago? You know, I bet nobody knows. How many people... Um, went on strike, what's going on with uh, the strikes in Detroit, you know, with GM. People don't know what's going on with that. You know, this is what really affects society and votes when you go down to the core, right? We go down Main Street. Go down Main Street. Go to Chicago. Go down to the south side. Go down anywhere, right? If you're middle class and you're in Chicago, you're worried about maybe – your neighborhood turning up to be a dangerous neighborhood or if you're rich now you're worried that you might get robbed or if you live in a poor neighborhood you're worried about everything Hmm. you're worried about not just the gangsters but also the cops abusing of you right you're worried about all this you're worried about your kids getting you know shot or them becoming a criminal themselves them trying to do well and then the government coming down on them there's all that's going on that's just in one place and then you at the same time you got people out in michigan you know, working for General Motors, and they're going on strike to try to get more benefits because, you know, that's what unions do. They they, they come together to chart a bargain, and right now, you know, what's happening there? Either they're going to have to pay more for health insurance or not. That's a big deal, in mm-hmm. my opinion, because insurance is expensive, health care is yeah. expensive, yeah. right? So... These are things we have to look at. Don't look at just whatever the hell politicians are saying. Just look at what's fucking going on. You know, honestly. So, what Almost. are
0: what are some sources that you use? So, if you have the person that says, "Okay, I want to like explore more than I might be viewing in a day," what are your intermediaries? What's your what's your news outlets or your sources of information that you feel like you get the best clear view from? All right. Um, what's so your process.
1: I start if okay if I want to know what's going on. First of all, if, if there's a couple different avenues you could go on here, if there's a, if I see something pop up on my newsfeed, right, over the weekend and I saw something that had to do with um, there's protests going on in Lebanon. There's protests going on in Lebanon that popped up, and I'm like, oh, interesting. What they're protesting about? And I start, you know, I, I you know, CNN, Fox, whichever. I start looking at CNN and Fox the most right now because that's where usually it pops up from right and I will look at both What they're both saying from their both sides right left and right see what they're saying at all. There's something going on I see what they're saying great. Now. I'm gonna go to Al Jazeera I'll go to the local news media from Lebanon, right? That's in English Usually Al Jazeera if it has to do with the Middle East I'll go to Al Jazeera to, to see what's going on and that and it could get a little tricky because you know, you got to look at where Al Jazeera comes from. Al Jazeera comes from Qatar, which usually, you know, it's... Um, they could be more pro-Iran and that side of the politics of it than Saudi Arabia, right? So if there's any countries that's more aligned with the aspects and agenda of Saudi Arabia, you have to look at Al Jazeera and whatever they're pushing out you have to look at it as, okay, they're, whatever they're talking about is probably for benefit of the the, the competition. So what I, I'll look into that and see what's going on there, and then I'll look into media that's more biased towards Saudi Arabia, right? Mm-hmm. But in this case, I looked at Al Jazeera, which Lebanon is more in line with what Al Jazeera actually pushes out. So I start looking into that, and I'll start seeing, oh, they're fighting about WhatsApp. And, you know, and then I start, you know, I'll go into BBC International, I'll go into Reuters, I'll go into, you know, I'll even go into what the media calls that outright, you know, Breitbart type of stuff, Infowars, I'll go into that, I'll go into Huffington Post, I'll go into, you know, any news media, It's I'll go into, it's like two different things, right, it's like yeah, I'll yeah. Go into the Huffington Post and, and you know, the onion, and you also go into Infowars, and it's like, yeah, because I'm trying to see what everybody's freaking talking about because everyone has an opinion, and everyone's gathering information. Somewhere in between that whole gaggle of information is some truth, and that's when you start putting the pieces together. It's like, oh, here's the truth, you know. And it sounds crazy, but that's what I do with everything. Same thing with this weekend. There was um a huge war that happened in Culiacan, which is where the Sinaloa Cartel is in power. So the Mexican government sent a whole bunch of troops. And to look for um, El Chapo's sons.
0: right? Yeah. yeah. He's yeah, in charge yeah, yeah.
1: of, of the cartel right now. And it was a massive war, man. The cartel came out of the woodworks, and just they were laying it on them. I think and they it, pushed
0: it was... back the Mexican military, right? Or Bro, they what, the police so, well, they outnumbered?
1: Pushed... Well, this is what happened. They pushed so hard that the, the Mexican military had to you know, give back. They captured El Chapo's son, oh. and they had to release him. And they also had to, I guess, release a couple of um, people that were in prison. And the cartel, what they were able to do, they, they put on a lot of pressure and they also threatened family members of soldiers and everything. So they had names and they had locations of family members. So that happened. And then, you know, I started really going into it. You know, I not only do I read into newspapers, let I me, mean, you don't get it twisted here, right? Because it's not just, you know, fox cnn you know breitbart uh, and all of those things it's also people i started reading into people that are influencers that are also right so there's this guy his name is ed he has this um he has this thing called the ed's manifesto right this guy used to work in the monarchal wars he worked for the For the government of Mexico fighting against the cartel and this guy has a lot of information he's done a lot of stuff this guy actually trains with um the Navy SEALs he teaches SAS different types of tactics now you know all the stuff so I really started to see clips on on social media Instagram about what's going on there I was like oh shit damn, they're not showing this on the the media. And I start looking, and then I start going through different blogs too because there's people like you and I, right? You and I talk a lot about the banking system, right? But there's people out there that are focused into the drug war. They're focused into certain types of, you know, social economical issues aside from what we talk about. There's different – so you go into that, and then you can see where they're getting their stuff from. So it's just, you know, it's peeling the onion. Literally, you're peeling it. You have to.
0: I found that – so because – I think if I was listening, I'd be like, I don't have time to go to all those information sources. Have you used something like Twitter? Because I find that like for me, crypto Twitter, at least it's like seems to be the quickest way to just get that raw information from either a journalist or a news network. Like if you just follow those news networks that you want news from. I guess you may not see certain tweets. That's the only restriction, I guess, is whether yeah, or not is, they talk. That, whether. That's a thing, but if that's they are, But if they are talking about it, I find that it's usually pretty quick you get that information to you one way or another. Um, that's it's kind right of what comments. I do. Well, through
1: the comments, right? So oh, what, there you go, yeah. People, in comments. people always have something to say and an objection, right? So, you know, you start seeing objections and stuff. Start looking into really, you know, this like, oh, okay, this guy's saying something crazy here. Might seem crazy. Well, now you go and figure it out. Go check to see if that's true. Go Google it. Go look it up somewhere. And then you get to. That's how you really. You know, I look at life as a detective. You have to be like a detective, right? You have to be like a, a, a you know, a narcotics detective or a murder detective, right? You're looking through. You know, you're talking to sources. You're talking to snitches. You're talking to people. You know that you work with. You're looking for sources, man. It doesn't matter what a source comes from. You know, you could be talking to, you know, a, a junkie, right? If you're a narc, you could be talking to the junkie. You arrest him and say, yo, tell me tell me this. Where are you getting this from? And, you know, they'll tell you whatever you might want to hear. But at the same time, you might be able to get way more information than you even thought you were. You don't know. You don't judge a source by its cover. Sometimes MSNBC and Fox do say good stuff. Mm-hmm. It's not, you know, 100% that they always do, but they do. Sometimes, you know, there's some good articles in there, but the only way you'll know if you actually do the research, that's with everything. You have everything, you know, then just do that.
0: That sounds like also a benefit to subscribing to the nonconformist.
1: Yeah. You don't have to go,
0: you don't have to go look through all those articles. You just subscribe to us and, you know, listen, listen to what interests you.
1: You know, the viewers, I want the viewers to know, hey. Me I'm crazy, alright. Whatever I'm saying, don't take it as fact. Go, you know, f- you know, go fact check please. This go is not
0: advice. All yeah, opinions not advice. all opinions line. are exactly. our own.
1: <laughs> exactly. If you, you're like, oh this guy's super crazy. you know what I want you to do then? I want you to go and do a thorough investigation if you actually feel so passionate that I'm just wrong with what I'm saying and prove me wrong and you know, maybe we could come to a conclusion to see what's right. But you know, just just go with it if i'm saying something that triggers you then see where where i'm getting my information from and see if it's actually wrong or if it's slightly wrong or slightly right just that's something that you should do and that's what everyone should do everyone should get whatever information they can and try to get the truth out of it but let's say it it is the truth hey you heard it here first then you know and that's my point my point is to try to i'm trying to get the truth for what i think is the truth because I feel like we are bombarded by BS so much that we need to make sure that we are getting the real stuff out there. And I, I don't know every, I don't got a 100 hours a day available to me to go through everything that I would wish that I could go through. I'm not a supercomputer, I would like, you know, but with people actually listening to this, right, this filters two people know five people, five people know a thousand people, right? Everyone starts communicating with each other and sharing information, whatever they find, you know, that's what WikiLeaks does, right? What, Why did WikiLeaks become so popular? Because you had a bunch of hackers that started to look for the truth of what the hell's going on, and they started posting it, and people started sharing it, right, back and forth. And then you had all this, these scandals all over the place, and they were true. The government could never say they weren't true, right? Mm-hmm. If if there's one news source out there that actually is factual and have never been proven liars, it has been WikiLeaks. That I could say. And no one could tell me different. Because everything that WikiLeaks has posted has been true, has not been a lie. Prove me prove me wrong. Well, it's, my mind.
0: it's just good journalism. You know, you want to report the story. They're supposed to stay in between. Um, and, but that's clearly a, a threat that we're seeing. But, you know, I, I think it's good. The important takeaway, though, is to just, you know, look at multiple sources. I think at a minimum, do that. You know, if you have to use Twitter to follow certain people, you have to vet them too, vet the people. You know, make sure that they're good people.
1: Yeah, remember we live in silos ourselves, right? we you know, sometimes we are with like minded individuals. We follow like minded subjects. Sometimes mix it up, man, throw something in there. So throw a little difference. You know, if you look at my stuff, if you were to look at, you know, my data analytics of let's say Facebook and Instagram and the people I follow, you'll see I follow people that are extreme left. I I I follow No Chomsky. I follow him, he's a super, you know, lefty. I follow, you know, uh, Bernie Sanders. I follow AOC. I also follow people on the deep right. You know, I follow all of them because I want to know what the hell they're thinking. I want to know what they're saying. You know, a lot of them say a lot of real stuff. A lot of them says a lot of BS. Follow them, man. Throw that into the mix. That's what makes things great, right? Imagine you uh, making soup and it's just water. That's not soup. It's water. But start you know you start throwing in beef broth and all these spices and and you know meats and potatoes and all that you get a nice stew right that's how you want to eat it that's the same thing with life mix it up yeah. and then you're able to really digest it well
0: and it'll be important coming up here everyone's just got to love each other
1: yeah yeah that's right man this you know i I had,
0: a, I had a few people that actually told me they like the we love you on the sign off you think that's weird or you think that's cool? I don't, I don't
1: say what's the problem with love, man. Like, Bob Marty said it, man. Like, you know, we got to love each other. Like, show love. Show love, right? We already have no hate. <laughs> you know?
0: My boys out there are like, man, this guy's talking about love.
1: <laughs> yeah, people, yeah. People are afraid of uh, sensitivity and all that. And all that jazz. Whatever. I don't care.
0: <laughs> all right, Mike.
1: What what love, f- guys.
0: Thank you again for listening you like what you've heard share follow send some love give us some feedback topics questions anything we'll get back to you all right take care everyone